Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for this week, our first official podcast of 2024. Happy New Year, because as of this week, we went back to in-person church. Every week we have in-person church, I record a special podcast-only version of the Sunday Sermon. And if you want to know more about Everyone Church, make sure you find us on Instagram, Facebook at everyone.church, or head to our website, everyonechurch.com.au. Come and visit us in person one of these weeks. We'd love to get to know you. Join the journey. We're having a great great time. Over the last couple of weeks for online church, we've been sharing about habits, keystone habits to be more specific. And habits are powerful things and many of them uh, we just fall into. Uh, But our ability to change and maintain change will rise and fall based upon the habits that we instill in our lives. Jim Ryan, who was an American track and field athlete, was the first high school athlete to run a mile in under four minutes, said, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Charles Dewey, in his book, The Power of Habit, he talks about this concept of a keystone habit, which is a habit that people introduce into their routines that unintentionally carries over into other aspects of their lives. It's that one thing you do that triggers other things you do. Keystone habits have a ripple effect into other parts of my life, creating positive change unexpectedly. Uh, or it could even work the other way, too, in the ne- into the negative. James Petreska, who was a University of Rhode Island researcher in psychology and behavioral change, said this about exercising, the keystone habit of exercising. When people start habitually exercising, even as infrequently as once a week, they start changing other unrelated patterns in their lives, often un knowingly. Typically, people who exercise start eating better and becoming more productive at work. They smoke less, show more patience with colleagues and family. They use their credit cards less frequently and say they feel less stressed. It's not completely clear why exercise spills over. There's something about it that makes other good habits easier. I love that thought. There's something about exercise that makes other good habits easier. That's a keystone habit. So I've been asking this question, what are the keystone habits of a Christian. And we started with the first, which I believe is the keystone habit, and that is reading your Bible, reading God's Word, listening to it, studying it, dwelling on it, memorizing it, saying it, living it, loving it, knowing it, letting it fill your life. We have a bunch of people in our church who have been doing the 30-day shred with Maria and I throughout the month of January. That's where we go through our whole Bible in 30 days. It's a great way to start the year. I'm actually doing my sixth shred. I've done it in January for the last number of years, and it's a great way to start the year. Letting God's Word fill your life is so important, instilling that keystone habit of reading your Bible. Uh, Another one that we spoke about was prayer. Reading the Bible and prayer. Come on, these these are keystone habits. Let me tell you something. If you commit to reading your Bible every day and praying every day, there will be a ripple effect in your life. You will face circumstances differently. You will react differently. Keystone habits, that one thing or two things or three things you do that affect everything else you do. This week, I want to talk about another keystone habit of a Christian, and that is the keystone habit of worship and praise. James Petreska says, there's something about exercise that makes other good habits easier. Let me tell you something. There's something about a life that 
habitually worships and praises God and makes a habit of it, it has a ripple effect in your life. I was a worship pastor for many years, and I have served in worship ministry at church uh, since I was a teenager. I still do even now uh, as we're pastoring everyone church. I'm often worship leading and being part of that. Yeah, and I've learned that worship is a lifestyle. It's, it's more than just a song on a Sunday. Worship is a life given to God. But praise, praise is a specific practice of exalting God. It's When I praise God, I'm actually doing something. It's, it's when we uh, engage in, in the exalting of God. We, it's what, doing what we're created to do, uh, and we'll, we'll be doing it for eternity, praising God. Uh, I'm sure most of us can understand why we praise God. Well, because He's God, because He's worthy, because He's the Creator, not me, because what or who I praise, I prioritize, because He deserves it, amen? God is exalted in praise. All creation glorifies and praises God. From the waves in the ocean to the wind of the skies, creation is constantly exalting God, its creator. Uh, When it comes to us as human beings, we all praise something. We all praise people, property, achievements, Uh, but we need to choose to praise God. We need to choose to instill the keystone habit of praising God regularly. Despite circumstances or feelings, you you can make a decision today to say, I'm going to worship and glorify your name today, God. The truth is, I need to praise God more than he needs my praise. Praise is a bit like a, a magnifying glass. What I praise in my life, I magnify. And it's not that God needs more magnification. It's that I actually need better perspective. I need to know my place in this whole thing called creation, right? Uh, We sometimes get caught up magnifying our circumstances or our need or even the blessings of God more than God himself. But I want to talk about praise today, exalting him, magnifying him, the habit of praise. How do we praise God the way He wants to be praised? Is there a wrong way to praise God? I I don't know if I can be the judge of that, but there are certainly biblical ways to praise God. For one, the Bible shows us that God doesn't just look for praise that is outward and isn't backed up with obedience. It's not just, oh, I love singing to God all day. But then I'm I'm rude to my neighbor, right? <laughs> and I'm and I and I'm ignoring the voice of the Holy Spirit day by day. Uh, so more than the outward stuff, God looks at the heart. And when it comes to praise, the habit of praising God, there are things that God's word shows us about how to praise Him. We need to know that our praise is not just churchy copycatness or cultural Christianity stuff. No, we need to know that we're praising God how He describes it and shows us in his word. Like every morning I wake up, I make uh, a coffee for my wife and myself. I make coffee how my wife likes it. Okay. Wouldn't it be selfish of me and defeat the whole purpose of actually doing something for my wife if I just gave her a coffee and it was like some sort of weird creation? She's like, what is this? I I felt like making something different today. (laughs) God knows how he likes his praise. And it's not about me. It's not about what I like. It's about what God likes. So we're going to talk about praise today. When we see the word praise in the Bible, uh, we see the English word praise. But there's a myriad of Greek and Hebrew words that bring us to the single English word praise. Uh, Often the English language is uh, very one-dimensional. 
you read a word in the Bible and there may be multiple kind of layers of definitions, kind of like a wedding cake. You know, you look from the top of a wedding cake, you see a circle, but then you look from the side, you see the layers, right? And when we see the word praise throughout the the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, we might just see one word, but there are multiple definitions. dynamic definitions of, of, of Hebrew words underneath that English word praise. So I want to go through some of them today. And as we go through uh, these words of praise, uh, th- they show us aspects and ways in which God enjoys to be praised. God enjoys our praise. He's exalted in our praise. So we're going to go through each of these, and I hope they encourage you and, and, and to to break out of your comfort zone and, and instill the habit of praising God in your day-by-day life, the keystone habit. So the first word I want to talk about is the word halal. Uh, if you were there on Sunday, you would have saw I had, I had slides with the Hebrew word up there and, and the Strong's Concordance and all that kind of stuff. But halal shows up over 100 times in the Old Testament uh, when we see the word praise. And we aren't talking about halal food, but this is where we get the word hallelujah. Hallelujah, right? And it means to praise the Lord, to to boast foolishly about Him, to make a show of it. It it means to be clear, to be brilliant, to be bright like light, to make a show, to be foolish. Halal praise is about making a show of the fact that God is amazing. You know, praise is a public display of affection. And the word halal is not shy. It's not about me. It's about showing outwardly whose team I am on. Does your praise display whose side you are on? When we walk in the church on a Sunday, can we look around and say, hey, oh, that guy's on my team. I can see he's, he's, he's halaling it up, right? Oh, that, that, that lady's on my, I know what team she's on. She's on team Jesus, right? Some examples of where we see this uh, in the Psalm. Psalm 35, verse 18, it says, then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. We see the word praise. That's actually the word halal. Psalm 48, verse 1 says, how great is the Lord, how deserving of praise, halal, in the city of our God, which sits on his holy mountain. Psalm 69, verse 34, praise, halal, praise him, O heaven and earth, the seas and all that move in them. We're talking about the keystone habit of praise. And we need to remember that we praise outwardly. It's not just inward contemplation. No, we praise outwardly. The second word I want to talk about is the word tehillah. Tehillah, you might have met someone named tehillah. Well, this word appears over 50 times in the Old Testament, and it means to praise vocally in song or with shouts. When, uh, like, halal praise gives us this view of being outward and acting foolish in a way. Tehillah specifically is describing us singing or and vocalizing our praise. Tehillah, it bursts out of you. Let's look at some examples of this. In Psalm 66, verse 1 and 2, it says, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. Tehillah, that's the word there, vocal praise. Psalm 100 verse 4, you would have heard this before if you've been in church any length of time. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, tehillah, give thanks to him and praise his name. It doesn't say go into his courts with contemplation or quietness. No, it says go into his courts with singing, with vocal shouts of praise. You may say, well, I, I can't sing. I'm terrible. That's that's okay, because good news, God is not a judge on the voice, but he is the judge of your heart. He knows what's going on in your heart. God 
is described in the Bible as having eyes and having ears. God wants to see and hear your praise. Some of you are saying, thank God he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't just judge my vocal ability. No, no, no. We're talking about the keystone habit of praise. We praise outward, halal. We praise with singing, tehillah. Another word here is the word zamar, which appears more than 40 times in the Old Testament. And this means to praise with instruments alone or with voices. It's really defined as making music unto the Lord. Psalm 33 verse 2 says, praise, that's zamar, the Lord with melodies on the lyre and make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Zamar inspires and supports Tehillah. And there, this is the power of corporate worship music. It unites us together in harmony. Psalm 98 verse 4 to 6 says, Shout to the Lord, all the earth, break out in praise, Zamar, and sing for joy. Sing your praise, Zamar, to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn, make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. I love that, joyful symphony, being together. Uh, Psalm 108 verse 1 says, My heart is steadfast, O God, I will sing, I will sing praises, Zamar, even with my soul. I love that. Praise is not an emotionless ritual where we just read off a hymnal and and there's no emotion involved in it. I love playing guitar. I'll often play guitar and not even sing anything. I'll just play guitar and praise God. I'll just zamar it up, right? We're talking about the keystone habit of praise. And you might not play an instrument, but you can make music in some way. You can clap. You can, uh, you know, be involved. Think about church on a Sunday. You can be involved with the outward act of zamaring it up with our church all together, right? So we, we praise outward with halal. We praise with singing, tehillah. We praise with instruments, zamar. The next word is the word toda, toda. And that means to sing praises together as one community in harmony. But there's, there's more to this word. The word toda, translated as praise, is specifically a picture of communal sacrifice from God's people. I'll show you an example. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 26, it says, And they shall come from the cities of Judah and the places around Jerusalem, from the land of Benjamin and from the lowland and from the mountains and from the south and from Camden, Mount Annan, Spring Farm, Cubbity, uh, and they shall bring sacrifices of praise. That word there is toda, to the house of the Lord. You know, praise I believe this word speaks to the fact that praise is a group project. Regardless of the context of our personal story or preference, the practice of praise, toda praise, it enters us into a story that is bigger than our own. Imagine the people of God that it describes here in Jeremiah 17, 26, it's how they're bringing elements of the sacrifice together. It's like, hey, don't let me just drag this cow on my own, right? It's about working together to bring a sacrifice of praise to our God. Psalm 95 verse 2 says, let us come to him with thanksgiving. That word there, toda, praise, toda. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. We're talking about the keystone habit of praise. We praise outward, halal. We praise with singing, Tehillah. We praise with instruments, Samar. We praise together, Toda. James Petreska says, there's something about exercise that makes other good habits easier. There is a ripple effect in a life that routinely and habitually praises God, outwardly, with songs, with others. 
It has an effect on my life. It does. It anchors me in many ways. The next word is the word yada. Yada. And I love this one. It says to use your hands, to extend your hands in reverence, to throw at or bemoan. Some definitions say it's like to throw a a spear even. Uh, and, And it's the gesture of throwing out one's hands in desperation or thanks. Psalm 42 verse 5 says, Why are you sad, O my soul? Why have you become troubled within me? Hope in God, for I will praise, yada, I will praise him again for his help of being near me. Oh, you Pentecostals, you just lift your hands. That's, that's weird. No, it's biblical. It's natural. It's, it's what the Lord looks for in praise. God loves lifted hands. He does. You need to develop your praise muscles, man. You need to develop your 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 praise moves. Maybe you do. Maybe you uh, do the the washing machine. Maybe you, we did some some praise poses on Sunday to kind of. But we we need to develop our praise muscles. The Lord loves lifted hands. I think it's in one Timothy the apostle Paul. He says, "I want to see men." Uh, Pray together with holy hands lifted unto the Lord without wrath or dissension. You know, there's this this encouragement, both Old Testament and New Testament, of lifting our hands unto the Lord. That That's okay. It's not some sort of freaky-deaky, charismatic thing. No, it's a biblical thing to do. That's how God likes His praise, with lifted hands. So we're talking about the keystone habit of praise. We praise outward. We praise with singing. We praise with instruments. We praise together. We lift our hands. Amen? The sixth word I want to talk about is the word Barack. Barack not Barack Obama, but Barack. Uh, and this one isn't specifically from the, the English word praise, but it's definitely around it and a big part of it. And it means to kneel, to bless, to bow. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. That's Barack. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Psalm 103 verse 1 and 2. Bless, Barack, the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless, Barak, is the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's interesting. You read that, you think, oh, is that just singing a blessing? No, it means to bow before the Lord. When was the last time you bowed your knee before God? Really bowed your knee in your private place of, of prayer or worship, and maybe you're getting a bit older and your knees hurt or something, but... Uh, Bowing your knee before the Lord is a specific act of praise that God delights in. So we're talking about the keystone habit of praise. We praise outward. We praise with singing. We praise with instruments. We sacrifice together. Toda. We lift our hands. We bow before him. Barak. James Petreska says there's something about exercise that makes other good habits easier. There's a ripple effect to a life that routinely and habitually praises God outwardly with singing together with others, with lifted hands, with bowed knees before the Lord. This is a keystone habit for us. The last word I want to talk about is the word Shabak or Shavak. And I'm very, being very uh, Hebrew today, but and this has to be one of my favorites actually. And it means to commend, but it also means to soothe and still, to still waves. It's kind of like a double-edged meaning. And in Psalm 63 verse 3, it says, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. That's Shabak. Psalm 89 verse 9 says, You rule the raging of the sea when its waves rise. You still them, Shabak. Now, obviously, I, I believe this 
speaks to how we are to commend God and to say, Lord, I, I praise you. But I believe it also speaks to the that when we praise the Lord, he creates a stillness in our soul that we experience when we praise him, when we thank him, when we exalt him. When we praise God, we sense his stilling hand in our lives. I know I can testify to that. Absolutely. It's as, it's as if we enter like a holy vacuum. The, the storm may still be raging, but I am held in the stillness of his hand. The truth is, praise changes things. And it doesn't necessarily stop the storm or the, change the circumstance, but it does shift my perspective. It calls down heaven into my situation. It, our reaction shouldn't be just to worry. It should be, like it says in Philippians 4, verse 6-7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I don't know exactly what you're going through today. Maybe you've started your year with turmoil. Maybe you're worried about the future. But I do know it is good for your soul. I can't guarantee that praise will just miraculously heal you or or um, or get you that job or change that annoying boss or, or fix that family situation. But I can tell you, you'll experience God's stilling hand in your soul when you praise Him, when you choose to praise Him. When we praise Him outwardly, we praise Him with singing, we praise Him with instruments, we, we praise Him together. When we lift our hands, when we bow before Him, we experience His peace. Amen. There's something about a life that praises God regularly. It makes other things easier. I, I challenge you this week, as you are hopefully instilling other habits of reading your Bible and prayer, I challenge you to t- take time to praise God the way He likes to be praised. Take time this week to put on some worship music. or I mean, there's millions and millions of songs out there. Or, or just in your own words, lift your hands, and bow your knee before Him and praise God. Praise your Creator. And you watch how the Lord will meet you in the midst of that praise moment. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you that we can praise you in this way and that your word has given us practical steps to how to praise you. And Lord, I thank you that our, our, we can know in our conscience that we aren't just doing certain things because that's what we do at church, but we're doing it because your word shows us that this is the right way to praise you. And Lord, I know the biggest foundation of praising you is surrender. We surrender all we are to you today in a fresh, fresh way. And help us to have this habit of praise in every moment of our lives, every day of our lives, Lord. Let let praise become a keystone habit for us from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Make sure you come to our uh, services in the future and come and praise the Lord with us together. Amen. Have a great week.